الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الأمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته اليوم الدين ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. Ya marhaban bikum, ahlan wa sahlan. After thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sending the salutations upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we would like to thank the organizers of tonight's lecture for their good thoughts of me and inviting me as a guest to partake in this khair that you all have established in these Friday night classes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all tremendously. Bismillahi ta'ala, as those who are familiar with some of my work, I like to begin each and every session by saying Alhamdulillah ala ni'matil islami wa sunnah All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the sunnah Bithnilahi ta'ala In these next few minutes we would like to reflect and ponder over the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says Kitabun أَنزَلْنَاهُ إِلَيْكَ مُبَارَكٌ لِيَدَبَّرُوا آيَاتِهِ وَلِيَتَذَكَّرَا أُولُوا الْأَلْبَابِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, what translated means, this is a book, meaning the Qur'an, which we have sent down unto you, full of blessings. The Qur'an is full of blessings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he informs us, of one of the goals and objectives for the sending down of the Qur'an here in this ayah. Allah Ta'ala, He says, in order that you may ponder over its verses, that you may reflect over the verses contained therein, and that men of understanding shall remember. Allah Azza wa Jal, in explaining to us the magnificence of the Qur'an and putting forth a parable showing us the reality of the magnitude of his book, Allah Ta'ala, he says, لَوْ أَنزَلْنَا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ عَلَىٰ جَبَنٍ نَرَأَيْتَهُ خَاشِعًا مُتَصَدِّعًا مِنْ خَشْيَةِ اللَّهِ وَتَلْكَ الْأَمْثَالُ نَضْرِبُهَا لِلنَّاسِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ Allah Ta'ala, he says, and have we sent this Qur'an down upon a mountain, it would have surely humbled itself and rent asunder out of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Such are parables that we put forth for mankind so that they may reflect. It is incumbent that we reflect upon the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is incumbent that we seek to understand the meanings of the ayat and that we reflect upon the meanings so that we may implement them. Because only through reflection 
learning and implementation will we find that the Quran will have an effect and an impact upon our lives. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bila shak wa bila raib khulaqwana He created us. Walam yatrukna hamala And He has not left us alone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He has not left us as such that we will not be held accountable for our actions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He has not left us as such as we will not be judged for what we do. For what we say, for what we believe. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put us here in this dunya and we have upon us a great responsibility. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us and has given us the tools needed for us to walk the straight path, for us to walk the path that leads to the Jannah. And at the same time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a free will. So whoever wants to believe could believe, and whoever wants to disbelieve could disbelieve. But there are consequences that are connected to each one of those and there are repercussions for each of those actions. So we ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us of those who humbly submit themselves unto Him. Makes us of those who die in a state of Islam submitting ourselves unto Him. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He commands us that we do not die except that we die as Muslims. We would like to look and reflect as the topic of tonight's top of, of lecture or talk is misplaced intelligence. Misplaced intelligence. Bithilahi ta'ala, the apparent meaning from the title itself gives us an indication of the direction of the talk. But also I want us to reflect Bithilahi ta'ala upon it in light of the guidance of the, the Quran and the Sunnah. Going back to the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us. And Allah ta'ala created us for a purpose. Allah ta'ala, he says in his book, Ya ayyuhan nas, Ya ayyuhan nas, U'budu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum waladheena min qablikum la'allakum tattaqoon. Allah ta'ala, he says, O humanity, addressing all of the humanity, mankind, jinkind, those who believe, those who disbelieve, the males and the females, the young and the old, the black and the white, so on and so forth, all of mankind. Allah Ta'ala, He says, O mankind, worship your Lord who created you and who created those who came before you in order that you become pious, so that you may attain piety. So the way to attain piety, the way to be written from those who are the muttaqun, those who have piety, then undoubtedly it would be by establishing the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the purpose for which Allah ta'ala, He has created us. Allah ta'ala, He says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ and I, not, and I did not create the jinn nor the mankind except for them to worship me. So the purpose for which we have been put here in this dunya is to establish the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that worship has to be a worship that is sincerely for Him and Him alone. We are not allowed to worship and to call upon anything outside of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of the ibadah, it belongs unto Allah. All of our sujood, it belongs to Allah. All of our salah, it belongs unto Allah. All of our sacrifice, it belongs unto Allah. All of our dua, it belongs unto Allah. Every category, every aspect of ibadah, of worship, it belongs unto Allah and to Allah alone. It is incumbent that we utilize that in which Allah Ta'ala has given us in order that we may establish His worship. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, He says, 
وأن المساجد لله فلا تدعوا مع الله أحدا and that verily the masajid they belong unto Allah so do not call upon anyone do not call upon anything whatsoever besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one of the things that we benefit from this verse is that what is meant by masajid then it is the plural of masjid as is well known those places of worship those houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where we worship Allah Ta'ala therein, where we make sujood therein. The place where the prostration is made, meaning the masajid, the houses of Allah. What is well known, naam, the, mas the masjid, the mosque. Also, the ulama, they explain that also what is understood by masajid here, it means the a'da, it means the limbs by way in which we prostrate by way of them. So those limbs that we utilize to prostrate unto Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala with, then this also enters into the meaning of masajid. So when you reflect over this reality, then you will understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has given us everything that we have. And the ulama, they mention that the greatest blessing in which Allah ta'ala, He has bestowed upon human beings and the original blessing in which He has bestowed upon human beings is that He created them. Because every other blessing, it will follow the initial blessing that He created us to begin with. Now, so when we look at this, we will understand that everything that we have, Allah Ta'ala, He created it. Allah Ta'ala, He gave it to us. So the faculties that we have, from the physical structure that we have, from the bodily systems that we have that regulate our bodies and so on and so forth, Allah Ta'ala has given us all of these things. And Allah Ta'ala is the one who has initiated these systems uh, within us in the most perfect of manners. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has given us our limbs, he has given us our faculties of hearing, of seeing, of smell, so on and so forth. Allah Ta'ala has given us everything. And from that in which Allah Ta'ala has given us is the intellect, the aql. So when one reflects and will stop, if we were to stop here and to pause and to ponder here, then they will already see <clears throat> the correct manner in which the intellect should be utilized and the incorrect manner in which it could be utilized. Because if we have been put here in order to establish the worship to Allah and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, then logic will dictate that what? That we utilize the faculties and that which Allah ta'ala has given us, meaning from that what? The intellect in order to establish the worship, in order to establish the tawheed and to implement and to actualize the tawheed, the true Islamic monotheism. Naam. And to utilize our intellect in anything shy of that, then this will be a misappropriation. This will be a misapplication of our of our intellect. We will be using our intellect in a wrong way. We will be using our intellect in a manner in which is not befitting. Now, and inshallah, we shall expound upon this even more. But I want you to reflect and to understand. Allah Ta'ala, He says in His noble book, Wa'adullah. This is the promise of Allah. Wa'adullah, the promise of Allah. Allah Ta'ala promise is true. We, are, we should already know this as Muslims. Allah Ta'ala, He says, this is the promise of Allah. And Allah does not break His promise. Allah Ta'ala, He does not break His promise. However, most of human beings, they do not know. Most of human beings, they don't know. Allah Ta'ala here, and I want you to reflect on this.
Because Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has guided us to Islam. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has guided us to the Sunnah. It is important to know and from the outstanding characteristics of Islam, which shows us the superiority of Islam, is that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, He does not call us to just have a blind belief. Allah Ta'ala, He does not call us to have a belief that is not based upon that in which could be actualized and understood with one intellect. So Allah Ta'ala, He sends to us signs, He sends to us things by way in which we can understand and comprehend, Naam, and this, it reassures us, Naam, and this will fortify our belief in those things that are from the unseen, that we don't know, that we have, 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 have not seen, that we cannot comprehend, Naam. So Allah Ta'ala, He sends us and He gives us signs of things that we can see, that we can measure, and this will reinforce our belief in the unseen of things in which we cannot see, things we cannot comprehend. Now, we do not understand their true reality. Now, but we understand the words that they point to, yes, but we don't understand their true reality. Okay, so this shows us the, the, the superiority of the deen of al-Islam. Unlike other systems that will not be named at this time, because this is not the time or place for that, that will call an individual to have an irrational, blind belief and attachment to a particular concept that makes no sense in any which way, shape, or form. Okay? So, alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala, he, he has given us that in which we could point to and can look at. So, Allah Ta'ala, He says that verily, the promise of Allah is true. This here is the promise of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala as it comes in Surah Rum, where Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, He promises that the Romans, they will be victorious over the Persians in a number of years. They had a battle, the Romans and the Persians, the Persians won. Allah Ta'ala, He says, and after that, what? The Romans, they will win after a number of years. So this is a promise of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And historically, this is something that's already happened. And the ulama, they mentioned that At-Tariq bin Junoodillah, that the history, it is from the uh, the soldiers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because in history we have clear signs we have clear signs that no one could argue no, with no one could debate so years before years before many years before the Romans were able to gain the upper hand over the Persians Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us it was going to be like that Allah ta'ala promised us that yes the Persians they won now but within a number of years the Romans will be victorious now so with this, this is a small example that what Allah Ta'ala has showed us this, given us this prophecy, and it came true. And it came true. And as we know, the promise of Allah is true. This is a small example. Allah Ta'ala, He told us that the Romans eventually, they will be victorious over the Persians in a number of years, and that came true. So those other things in which Allah Ta'ala, He tells us is going to happen after our death. Those things in which Allah Ta'ala tells us is going to happen in the grave. Those things that Allah Ta'ala tells us is going to happen in, inside of the hereafter. In the Jannah, what will happen to those in the Jannah? In the hellfire, what will happen to those in the hellfire? Those who do good, this was, will, will be their reward. Those who do wrong, this will be their reward. All of these are promises from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And, and just as this rang true all those centuries ago, then Bila Shak, Wabila Raib, undoubtedly. No doubt about it. What Allah Ta'ala has promised us, it is true and it will come true. So Allah Ta'ala, He says that verily, the promise of Allah is true. But unfortunately, most people, they don't know. 
Most people, they don't know. Why? Why don't they know? Is it because they are incapable of comprehending this concept and these concepts and this information? No, it is not because they are incapable. It is because what? It's because they do not utilize their intellects properly. This is why they don't know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elsewhere in the Quran, He tells us in highlighting this particular concept of the promise of Allah, Allah Ta'ala tells us elsewhere, speaking in a more general sense, Allah Ta'ala He says, Ya ayyuhan nas, O mankind, addressing again who? All of mankind, the jinn, the human beings, the males, the females, believers, disbelievers, all of mankind. Allah Ta'ala He says, Ya ayyuhan nas, inna wa'adallahi haqqa, O humanity, verily the promise of Allah is true. فَلَا تَغْرَنَّكُمُ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا So do not allow the life of this world to deceive you. Do not allow the life of this present world to deceive you. Do not become deceived by this life. Naam. Allah Ta'ala, He goes on to say, وَلَا يَغْرَنَّكُمْ بِاللَّهِ الْغَرُورِ And do not allow the chief deceiver, the shaitan, to deceive you about Allah. Naam. Do not allow the shaitan to deceive you about Allah. This world, it could be that which will distract the individual. It could be that which will deceive an individual. Sometimes, as they say, individuals are so close to the trees, they can't see the forest. You ever hear that saying before? That an individual, they are so close to the trees that they can't see the forest. They can't see the big picture. Sometimes, we allow the dunya to distract us. We allow the dunya to become a hindrance and a distraction from the akhirah. So instead of preparing for the akhirah, we're worrying about the affairs of the dunya. Instead of putting forth some good for ourselves, we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we worry about putting in those extra hours so that our check could be a little bit bigger. Instead of preparing for the hereafter by staying away from the sins and the, and the transgressions, we decide to indulge in sin and transgressions to fulfill that immediate satisfaction that we are looking for that always ends in regret. So Allah Ta'ala tells us, do not allow the dunya to distract you. Do not allow the life of this world to deceive you. And do not allow, And do not allow the shaitan to deceive you. Who is this um, deceiver? This deceiver who is shaitan? As the ulama, they explain, it is the shaitan. Where Ibn Abbas, radiallahu ta'ala, anhuma, he said, Ay, la shaitan. Do not allow the shaitan to put you to trial. Do not allow the shaitan to put you to a test. Do not allow the shaitan to put a fitna upon you. Now, meaning by what? By deceiving you. And do not allow the shaitan to hinder you and to push you away from the following of the messengers of Allah. Do not allow the shaitan to convince you to disbelieve in the messengers of Allah. As mentioned, Allah Allah Ta'ala, He created us. It does not leave us alone. But He has sent to us messengers. And He has sent down books. The mere fact that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala sent to us messengers to call us, to teach us, to show us how we are to live our lives. To give to us that roadmap, 
that leads to the Jannah, to give to us and to show us the way of life that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. And likewise, at the same time, to warn us from polytheism, to warn us from disbelief, to warn us from hypocrisy, to warn us from the roads and the ways and paths that lead to the hellfire, to warn us from that which will destroy us, to warn us from that in which Allah Ta'ala tells us that if we do it, then we will land up in the hell. Warn us from these things. And then Allah Ta'ala sent down books. Sit down books so that we may reflect. We may look at the guidance and memorize and hold on and implement. Allah Ta'ala sent messengers and he sent books. All of this shows us that this was for a great purpose and it points to the fact that we have not been left alone without any responsibilities placed upon us. The stakes are high. The stakes are very high because it's either going to be forever in the Jannah or forever in the Hellfire. That's it. Those are only two options. Either forever in Jannah or forever in the Hellfire. So with the stakes being that high, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to leave us to figure it out. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to leave us to just have to conceptualize it ourselves and, and, to, and, to, and to trailblaze a path ourselves that will lead here and try to skip. No. Allah Ta'ala, He sends to us messengers to teach us. Allah Ta'ala, He reveals books so that we may be guided, so that we may learn, so that we may yani, uh, follow the lessons of the book. So with this being the case, then we should better understand that what? It is not upon us to try to figure it out. It is not upon us to think about it and to have a think tank and come up with what you think and I think and he think and she think and we think. So therefore, no. Allah Ta'ala, He says, Allah Ta'ala, He says, And follow that which has been revealed to you from your Lord and do not follow other than it. Follow what has been revealed and don't follow anything else. As they say, there's no need to try and reinvent the wheel. Allah Ta'ala has given to us the guidance. So why would we try to seek the guidance somewhere else? Allah Ta'ala has sent to us a messenger for, for us to follow. So why would we try to follow anyone else? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to say in Khubat al-Hajjah, every week the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to say, and also before weddings, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to say, and the best speech is the book of Allah. And the best guidance is the guidance of Muhammad. And that the worst of all the worst of all things are newly invented matters. For in every newly invented matter is an innovation. And wa and every innovation is a going astray and every going astray is in the fire so with this being the case the finest speech is the book of Allah the finest guidance is the guidance of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so why, when, why should we ever try to look for guidance anywhere else the Prophet Sallallahu told us that he left for us two things that if we hold on to them you will never go astray Kitabullah was sunnati the book of Allah and my sunnah so that being the case we have what we need to be successful it's right here it's not rocket science we don't have to try and reinvent the world and look over here and search under there for anything Allah Ta'ala has given it to us the Prophet Sallallahu he has explained to us and given us a parable on how clear the guidance is in which Allah Ta'ala has given to us it's not ambiguous it is not confusing, but it's there and it's clear. It's very clear. It's very clear. It's bright. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "Taraktukum ala al-bayda, leiluha kanhariha, la yaziu anha illa halik." The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "I left, I left you upon that which is clear. It's clear. How clear is it?" The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "It's so clear that it's night. It's like it's day. There no shadows. There no, there no, yani, you know, dark spots. You don't know." 
No, it's clear. It's so clear. It's night. It's like it's day. That's how bright it is. That's how clear it is. No one will go off of this path except he's except he will be destroyed. Now, could you imagine a road? Now, could you imagine a road, a path? You understand that if you would go off of this road to the right or go off of this road to the left, and you will fall down, yani, a ditch, or you will fall into, yani, a crevice, or you will fall off a bridge, or you will fall down into whatever, right? Uh, you know, a, a really, 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 really deep pit and so on and so forth. You would, you would do what? You would make sure that you're driving really steadily and that you're not going to go anywhere near that edge because you don't want to fall off because, you know, you fall off. That's it. It's a, in a million mile drop. Huh? You're going to be very careful. Now, imagine if that road had parts on it that was not clear, a little dark right there, a little shady, right? You wouldn't know. You'd, you'd be very scared. But Allahu Ta'ala. In his kind treatment to his slaves, he has sent to us a messenger revealed books that had highlighted, illuminated the path to such an extent that his night is like his day. That's how bright it is. That's how bright it is. No one will veer off this road, veer off this path, except that they will be destroyed. If we were to give you that similitude and put it like it's a car and you're driving down a car and you go off and you're going to fall a million miles into a ditch and that, then you will understand, yes, if you go away from it, you're going to be destroyed. How much more so if we go away from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Bila shaku bila Undoubtedly, we'll be destroyed. If we go away from the book, no doubt we're going to be destroyed. If we go away from the way of the sahaba whom Allah ta'ala told us that what they did, they did it right. They, they did it and they did it right. Allah ta'ala says about them, radiyallahu anhum wa an. That Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with him. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said to us about them, that they are khayrun nas. Yani khayrun nas qarni. Thumma ladhina yalunahum. Thumma ladhina yalunahum. That the best of mankind are my generation. Than those who follow them. Than those who follow them. The point is. Is that. The path is clear. So we have to utilize. If we're going to be successful. We have to utilize our brains. Our intellect. In order to what? In order. To. Understand. To learn. To. To, to grasp and acquire. The knowledge so that we may what? Implement it. So we may live by it. We may put it into practice. Now, knowledge without action is of no benefit. And, bila amal, la yanfa'. Knowledge without action does not benefit. I'll give you an example. If you have the knowledge that you need to go from point A to point B in order to receive a tremendous treasure, you know this, I have to go from point A to point B to receive a tremendous treasure, a hundred billion with a B dollars. It's for you if you go from point A to point B. So you know this. You know the directions on how to get there. You know the means of transportation that is needed in order to get there. And not just that, but you know exactly how to operate that vehicle. You know exactly how to operate the vehicle to go from A to B to get $100 billion. But with all that knowledge, despite that, you sat on your hands and you said, it's enough, I just know. But you never made any step, you never made any uh, attempt to go from A to B to receive your treasure. Would you ever get $100 billion? You will never get it. Why? Because you did not put into practice the knowledge in which you have. So therefore, it will not benefit you. So we have to use our intellects correctly. 
we cannot allow the dunya to deceive us. We cannot allow the shaitan to deceive us. In the Arabic language, the aql, intellect, there are many words for intellect, but we want to look at two, bithnilahi ta'ala. From those two words is al-aql. And the other one is al-nuha. Because intelligence, now, and for those who are taking notes or interested in taking notes and as such, intelligence, it should produce self-control. And the acquisition of that which benefits you. This is the proper manner that we use the intelligence. This, this is going to be the, what, the outcome. Is that what? Is that you exhibit self-control, i.e. that you avoid those things that will hurt you. And you are able to acquire those things that will benefit you. This is the purpose. And this is you know, from the functionalities of the intellect. In the Arabic language, al-aql. العقل ما يتميز الحسن من القبيح والخير من الشر والحق من الباطل. The intellect, it is that by way in which an individual is able to distinguish between good and despicable, between beauty. Another way, let's put it another way. Between beauty and between ugliness. Between that which is beauty and that which is despicable. Between good and between evil. Between truth and between falsehood. That the intellect, by is, it is that in which we're able to distinguish between beauty and ugliness. Good and evil. Truth and falsehood. This is the, this is the intellect. Well, Adrak, this is the, the, the verb of it. We understand the definition of it as being is that we are able to understand what things are based upon their reality. That we're able to understand what things are based upon their reality. So when we look at our intellects, we are able to really dissect and identify the functionality of the life of this world. And, and thus act with it in accordance. We are able to realize and to evaluate its value. We are able to appraise this world. How much is it really worth? And likewise, we are able to identify and to appraise the hereafter. How much is the hereafter really worth? What is the reality of the hereafter? You understand? This is from the functionalities of the intellect. A, um, a nice side note or fun fact, as they will say, that I believe is very beneficial, was that the aqal, which brings us to the next point. Because we understand that is what? So that it would we could able to attain good by way of our intellect. Naam? Like, also, that aqal, from the same word, yani aqal al-ba'ir. If a person was saying that they would, yani aqala al-ba'ira, that they have, yani aqala, the animal, then what this means is that they have tied, yani dhammar al-rusqa, that they have tied the four legs Right or the any of the animal, they have tied them together with their shin or with the rest of their leg in order for what, so that the animal will stay sitting in its place and it won't go away. So it won't go away. So what does that do? The aql is that which it ties the animal down and it keeps it under control. And likewise, the aql, the intellect, is supposed to be that that keeps us under control, that gives us self-control. If an individual were to take their hand and put their hand into an open flame, you will say what? Something's wrong with their brain. Something's not right. Because the intellect will know that if you take your hand and put it inside an open flame, that's very harmful, it's going to hurt you, it's going to cause 
yani burns upon your skin, so on and so forth. Naam. So the intellect will tell you, don't do that. Why? Because that is not good. Don't do that, but that's not good. So this brings us to the next uh, word or yani, the name in which they utilize for the intellect. And that is An-Nuha. An-Nuha. Allah Ta'ala, he brings this word inside of his noble book. Allah Ta'ala, he says, أَفَلَمْ يَهْدِي لَهُمْ كَمْ أَهْلَكْنَا قَبْلَهُمْ مِنَ الْقُرُونِ يَمْشُونَ فِي مَسَاكِنِهِمْ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ Allah Ta'ala he says and is it not is is it not a guidance for them is it not a guidance for them for the people huh? that how many of generations have we destroyed before them those generations who they walk through their dwellings through their dwellings do they walk how many archaeological sites that we find of past civilizations that have been wiped off of the earth when we walk around through them like tourists yeah and that is a lesson. Allah Ta'ala says, Verily, in that are signs for men of understanding. Men of understanding. And Nuha, the ulama, they explain that what this means, and the grammarians explain that what this word means, and Nuha, it is that in which will prevent you. And Nuha, that in which will prevent you from what? From hurting yourself. So I want you to reflect on the meaning of this ayah, and I want you to reflect on the utilization of this particular word for intellect and noha that which you utilize it so that you do not hurt yourself you are able to escape harm by way of utilization properly of your intellect this is the purpose of the intellect but allah ta'ala he says that what well that can that remember that the 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 promise of allah is true and allah does not break his promise well that can however what but most people they don't know. Most people, they don't know. Allah Ta'ala, he goes on to say, and bi'ithnillahi ta'ala, we will uh, summarize and just mention one point, and that is, Allah Ta'ala, he says that what, يَعْلَمُونَ ظَاهِرًا مِنَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ عَنِ الْآخِرَةِ هُمُ الْغَافِلُونَ They only know about the life of this world, but when it comes to the hereafter, they are heedless. When it comes to the hereafter, they are heedless. This is a state of those individuals who are ultimately going to be losers. Those individuals who are very knowledgeable about the life of this world, heedless about the hereafter. So with that, I want to draw it home by saying that it is incumbent that as Muslims we establish a balance. I want you to truly understand this as the Prophet said, that seeking knowledge is obligatory upon every Muslim. Seeking knowledge, seeking knowledge about the deen is wajib upon all of us. Seeking knowledge about the deen is wajib upon all of us. So we have to know those things that are individual responsibilities upon us we have to know about them know their rulings know how to implement them know how to carry them out based upon proofs and evidences based upon the book in the sunnah it is not enough to say oh so and so taught me then that's it no no we have to study we have to learn we have to know what is the ruling of allah so we apply it what is the ruling of the prophet so we apply it we have to know what is the ruling of allah so that we can avoid going against it what is the ruling of the prophet so we can avoid going against it and i will caution you with a tremendous hadith that should make us all shiver. The Prophet وسلم, he said as it comes in the hadith Sahihu al-Albani fi Sahih al-Jami' 
the Prophet وسلم, he said, Inna Allah Ta'ala yubghidu kulla aliman bid-dunya jahilin bil-akhirah. That verily, Allah is angry. Allah the Most High, He is angry with every person who is a scholar of worldly affairs. Every person who is well-versed, well-knowledgeable about worldly affairs, completely ignorant about the hereafter. Allah Ta'ala, He's angry with those individuals. Now, and we ask in every rakat of every prayer that, O oh Allah, do not make us from what those who your anger is upon. Those who your anger is upon. So from those in which who Allah Ta'ala, He is angry with, we know the tafsir of the ayah, but also from those that enter into those whom Allah Ta'ala is angry with, or who are those who are knowledgeable about this dunya, but complete ignoramuses as relates to the hereafter. So as Muslims, we have to be balanced. So you can be the best doctor in your field, but you still have to learn about your religion. You can be the finest engineer and architect, but you still have to learn about your religion. You can be the finest mathematician, but you still have to know about your religion. And if nothing else was as a takeaway, then I want that to be the overwhelming takeaway after the importance of establishing the Tawheed and the Sunnah and being upon the way of the Sahaba to be balanced and make sure that you are learning about your religion and that you know that which you need to know from the affairs of your deen. فَنَكْتَفِي بِهَذَا الْقَدَرِ عَلَى نَبِيِّنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين وجزاكم الله خيرا